Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Secret Origins of Mint Condition. I am James, and with me is Joe. Howdy, folks. And Chris. Hi there. And this is our New Year's episode, everyone. So happy New Year. This is our our wrap-up of 2021 and our intro into 2022. And as always, when we have a holiday show, I guess we can we can do a short recap of, of New Year's for each of us. Uh, so, Joe, uh, what are what's your prior thoughts and feelings about New Year's and New Year's Day? Well, I think there's a theme for, forming here with me <laughs> with me on these holidays. So, uh, yeah, New Year's. The best part about New Year's for me was always New Year's Eve, and it was always a gigantic family party. Uh, you know, the, the Lombardi's always getting together at somebody's house, and again family and food. But this time we had to the family and food because it's New Year's Eve, we had gambling and liquor. So there's gambling and booze that gets added. So it, it, it uh, ramps up a little bit more. But, um, you know, there's always this gigantic, uh, there's a meal beforehand, of course. Uh, and then there's this huge sweet table that's set up. You can't touch until midnight, though. You know, you got to wait till midnight before you touch the sweet table. And on that sweet table is all the liqueurs, which I hate, by the way, the amaretta, the zambuca, the creme de mint. Yeah. You know, I like the vermouth. That's what I used to drink. You humbug. <laughs> right? <laughs> and of course, there's espresso. There's all kind of uh, uh, espresso. And, this is, and, on the, and on the sweet table, there's, there's the, the homemade butter cookies and other homemade uh, concoctions, plus the, the Trobolone and the Ferrara Taroni nugget candy. So that's, it's just a, you know, a, a gigantic uh, sugar rush waiting to happen. And uh, before... After dinner and before the, the, the uh, New Year celebration, that's where the gambling begins. And it could either be poker or it could be Pequino. I remember back when I was very young, before we played Pequino, we had my grandfather calling out uh, the Italian lotto numbers. And, of course, he would call them out in Italian. And, and uh, some of us would be, oh, I don't know what the hell you're saying. And I had to translate. <laughs> but um, that was always cool. There was always um, a lot of uh, you know, a friendly rivalry with that, especially with the Pequino. You don't take my card. That's my card. You can't have that. So um, there was a lot of that stuff going on. And that's basically it. And I, there was one particular New Year's Eve that I remember. That was New Year's Eve 1977. The entire family seemingly had the flu. But we were not going to let that stop the celebration at my cousin's house in Ozone Park. So we all went, you know, dragged ourselves. Everybody coughing at each other. You know, it's a different world back then, folks. And uh, we all went to the party. We had, we had a good time. And one thing I remember that stands out really from that party was my aunt, my mother's youngest sister, the only one of the aunts that's still with us. Uh, she complained about her feet hurting all night. Aunt Meg, why are your feet hurting? I don't know. I don't. So through our, uh, through our flu and, uh, you know, and our drunken stupor, we checked her feet, and we found out she had two left shoes on. So she left the house. She left, yeah, she just, I mean, and she, the woman doesn't drink. She wasn't even drinking at the party. And, uh, but maybe it was the flu that, uh, but she went out with two left shoes hurting. So both feet were hurting and it took us almost half the night to figure out what was wrong with Aunt Maggie that night. So that's uh, a little bit of what uh, used to go on back then. I never was one of these people to go to Times Square and, um, New Year's Day, it was always a, a dinner at somebody's house, of course, but the Eve was where we celebrated, you know, ringing out the old, uh, sending out the old and ringing in the new. So that was New Year's Eve in the, uh, in East New York, Brooklyn back in the day. No, it's very nice. I always, I always like you know your stories of your family events and holidays celebrating together. It's really, it's really a nice picture that you paint, and you know it sounds really nice and enjoyable for like a classic celebration. Um, oh, yeah, it was enjoyable. Don't, don't don't get it wrong. It wasn't this wasn't Walton's Mountain, by the way. This, uh, <laughs> there would be there was some infighting and some uh, some of the stuff, but 
we were all brought up together, you know, my younger cousins, uh, older cousins, we were, we were more like brothers and sisters. So it was always that, uh, uh, that togetherness that drew us together on, on the holidays, obviously. Yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds like lots of fun. I mean, like it says, I mean, I know there's, the, there's always the usual family stuff, but it sounds yeah. overall like you have some really nice memories from, from that I do. Time. I have many, many nice memories. Yeah. Chris, what about you and New Year's? Yeah, those, um, <clears throat> so this is where I, I diverge just a little bit, I think. Well, maybe not. Uh, so my New Year's uh, Eves, they, they sort of started off, um, they were almost always spent with, um, with my cousins Perry and Jeanette and uh and christina and um and we spent uh new year's with them uh watch the ball drop and we'd be in their their basement which was basically the family room and well no that wasn't their basement it always felt like their basement they actually did have a basement too and that's that's where the cat was so we wanted to go down to the basement to pet the cat and play with the cat but we'd be in their family room and um you know we'd, we'd watch tv and we'd have like snacks and drinks and um, I just have a lot of fond fond memories of those of those cousins. Perry and Jeanette lived near us, so we got to see them pretty often. They had a pool, so we'd see them during the summer, and that's where we did Fourth of July. But uh, for New Year's, um, you know, mostly indoors. But uh, but it was but it was nice. Perry was always funny. Jeanette was always just really really sweet. And uh, Christina was our babysitter for a couple of years there. We'd always watch like Puff the Magic Dragon with her and stuff. So lots of fond memories. But then as I got older, um, it was an opportunity to celebrate the New Year with friends who were like family. So, um, so I'm, I've been very, very lucky because I don't just have my, my blood relatives as family. Um, I've been very fortunate to collect, to collect a much bigger extended family as I've gotten older. Um, so, you know, holidays were always a big deal for my family. So my parents always wanted to spend it with blood relatives, um, which, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, that was always blood relatives, but New Year's was the one that they, I mean, they wanted to celebrate New Year's Day, but New Year's Eve wasn't a big deal. So I could go out with my friends and we'd stay up late and we'd play video games or, you know, have a party, do whatever. So as I've gotten older, um, you know, New Year's sort of split into, this is the holiday that I can spend with my, my friends who are not, who are, you know, my friends who are not blood relatives, but are mm -hmm. family. Um, New Year's for the longest time was one of my three favorite holidays up there with uh, with Halloween and Valentine's Day. So those were always my my top three. What I always loved about New Year's was the stress of the holidays was was over. Uh, New Year's was, you know, there was good food and drink, but it wasn't like a, a seven course dinner or anything like that. Right. Um, and people start looking forward to what am I going to do next year that I wanted to do this year and didn't make happen. So there was always sort of a lot of it always felt like a bit of a hopeful holiday. Um and I've always been a night owl, so this was this was a great great excuse for me to do that. And then, um, and now I've entered the phase of my life where uh, I'm lucky if I make it to nine thirty. So, uh, <laughs> so um, I you know I I don't I think last year we didn't bother making it to the ball drop because we don't I don't even watch the ball drop anymore because I just don't care. Um, and then two years ago, just before COVID, we were out with some friends at a, a New Year's thing. And, uh, and, you know, had a good time, but we were, by the time 1030 rolled around, we were, we were struggling to make it to midnight, but, but we did it. We did it. And then we were like, great. All right. Time to go. Um, and I, I look forward to when Eli's older and then I can actually stay up later again. So, um, so that's what I always sort of remember about, about New Year's is that New Year's was, has almost always been a good holiday, one that I always enjoyed. Um, because there, I think, are fewer constraints on it, fewer expectations of it, and there's a lot of hope going into the new year. So that's my my take on New Year's. I like that, Chris. I like the fact that you talked about how it's a less stressful holiday than Christmas and Thanksgiving. It's yeah, of, I, very I mean, much so. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just, and, and like I said, I don't know what my 
we're, you know, I appreciate you sharing Joe because I don't I don't know what my experience is compared to a lot of people. But um, a lot of those those other holidays were, you know, I grew up with them as being family holidays. So they mm -hmm. ended up being a little bit more stressful because there were certain traditions that needed to be upheld. And um, and that's just not the case with with New Year's. So it could be whatever you want. It could be a fancy uh, three years ago. I want to say it was a fancy like dinner out with friends. And two years ago was just me and Christina and our, our friends, the Cooperstein's going out to a, a, a New Year's event at a bar. Um, and then last year was just hanging around the house. But mm -hmm. I, no matter what New Year's Eve looks like to me, there's no tradition that uh, I'm disappointed I don't get to do. And that's something that I kind of appreciate is that it's a very um, it's a, it's a it's a holiday that can change and still be satisfying. Whereas, you know, there are certain things I'm going to miss if we don't do this on Christmas. Mm. Um, you know, some people only open their presents on Christmas Day. Some people like my family open presents as long as we're past midnight. It's fair game. Like, so there are certain things that you, you lose when you don't carry the tradition. So I, I like having a holiday where there isn't tradition for me. I understand. Yeah, no, that's very nice. That's very nice. Um, yeah, I don't know my, uh, I don't, New Year's Eve, I, I like New Year's Eve. When I was growing up, it was kind of just small. It was my, my parents and myself and my, my brother, and we just kind of, you know, stayed home. I really don't have that many memories of it. Um, I mean, it was a, it's a celebration we, we definitely made note of, but, you know, probably would have takeout or something, which was like, you know, it was a big event for the household. Um, and then um, yeah. I guess when I was high school, like around the time, I guess I started working at mid though, when I was hanging out, you know, I, well, John and John and Toby, we would hang out and we celebrated New Year's Eve. And then when I started working out, working at mid, we would have, uh, you know, Adrian and Lauren and Keith and Kevin and I, Chris, did we ever celebrate? Were you around on New Year's Eve? I can't remember. Uh, there might have been. There might have been one. I honestly, I can't remember offhand. A lot of them. A lot of them start to uh, start to blend together. Um, I, I do know that I had only one one bad New Year's Eve in my in my thirty seven years of life. I've only ever had one bad New Year's Eve, and you were not a part. And you were not a part of it. So so. Thumbs up, James. That's all I got. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, I think I think that my, in my head, and I could be merging things because this happened often when we were working at Mint, and and I was hanging out with John, and Tom, there was there was times like in the like you, Dave, and Josh were at John's house, and we were just all together. But then we would break for our own separate plans. So I don't know, like it, like I do have like memories of that. So That's I don't know if that was. That's definitely. I mean, it's definitely a possibility, and I honestly, I honestly can't remember. Um, yeah, my memory could be like not even for a New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve. It could just be for another night during the week or weekend when that happened. But um, well, sure, and especially because I mean, honestly, we were I was at Dave's. You know, like I said during the episode with John, I was at, I was at their house, the Winmore's house all the time. Um, and any you know, I really I valued any time I got to spend because I saw Dave and Josh like all the time. So um, not that I wanted to take them for granted as friends, but I didn't. Even though we worked together, I didn't get quite as much time with like you and with Toby and John, certainly. So, uh, so I always valued that time. So it was always, yeah, no, I, th there were a bunch of times where it'd be like, okay, we're hanging out and then everybody would have their own separate plans. So. Yeah. It was, it was like John's, John's house was like a nexus point of things too. Like yeah. it was sometimes with everybody. Yeah. It was, uh, it, yeah, it was DS nine. It was neutral ground. We'd all meet there. And we'd yeah. Ways. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then when we were hanging out as a group and then when we were working at Mint, that, that was fun. And then more recently when I, I met Karen and we, we started dating and then obviously hanging out, um, we, most of our evenings were, were quiet evenings. We didn't really go out, uh, mainly because, you know, uh, I have two step, you know, two step kids and a lot of it was being around for them or dropping them off or picking them up. And, and Karen, 
you know, she was self-admit. She, she's, she's usually asleep by nine thirty, ten o'clock also. Um, she, <laughs> and, uh, and we would have her mom over though. That would be nice. And her mom, her mom would come over for dinner and we would maybe watch a movie, but she was, she was usually on her way home by nine thirty also. So, uh, you know, new year's was, always, it was it's fun. And, um, I, I also like the sort of mellow, we always had a mellow New Year's New Year's Eve and mellow New Year's Day. It was like a, especially when I was working in the gym and stuff. It was like a day I took off, so it was like an actual day of rest. So um, New Year's is fun. I, I like it. Um, I'm not a big big party guy, or I never obviously like you said, Joe, Times Square stuff. So I like the more mm-hmm. mellow, low key type of New Year's um, celebration. Uh, yeah, sounds good. So we asked all of you for our New Year's episode. We I posted a couple times on the group page to uh, tell us your comments, your questions, any corrections you might have for the previous episodes <laughs> we've done, and any thoughts you would of things you'd like to see in the show or things you would like us to touch upon. Uh, a lot of you responded, so thank you all for for uh, participating and contributing to this New Year's show. Um, like I did in the Thanksgiving episode, I am, I'm going to read your comments and give you a shout out. A lot of people also responded. So unlike the Thanksgiving show, I'm going to read the responses too, because there were some additional uh, notes. And uh, there was a lot of crossover too. But uh, so if we, if we don't address it on your particular post, I will still read your post, but we might talk about some of the stuff you listed in, a, in an earlier posting by somebody else. Um, yeah, and if necessary, we have that whole apology episode to do so we can cover it there too. Oh, yeah, so we have to uh, apologize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apologize and like, what to the Jets? No, no, Jets. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. The Jets have to apologize to New York along with the Jets. Yeah, yeah. The Jets don't get an apology. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, again, we start we start with Jake Cisco and we go from there. Yes. yes. <laughs> Jake deserved it. I sure changed him. So I'm going to start with our the first posting I put up f- with it, and um, and some people posted twice, which was great. So Keith Tarnowski, um, guest of the show, friend of the show. His first posting was, I'd like, I'd like it if you guys reviewed current movies and or shows that are coming out, like the new Spider-Man movie or a Hawkeye series or anything from the past year. Uh, so, Keith, I think you're going to be in luck. We, this, to, well, as of our post, when we're recording this, Shang-Chi should be up yeah. and we will just do that. Um, and I think we, we have talked about this offline about maybe just having a segment or popping up with our thoughts on new stuff. What do you, what do you guys think about that? I think it's a good idea. I think, uh, you know, a segment at the end of an episode uh, and once, um, if and when the baseball season gets started, maybe like those uh, sports shorts we talked about, something like that, you know, this week in baseball. Remember the old, uh, you guys might not be old enough. Remember the, the um, this week in baseball TV series back in the, uh, back in the eighties. But uh, yeah, I like the idea of, of a, a, a regular segment. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm there, I'm there too. Um, I, I, there are times where I, I appreciate that we can send, kind of be freewheeling, and then there are times where I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure as listeners, it's like, ah, I'd really, really like to get back to solid ground here, friends. This guy's back <laughs> on the track, man. <laughs> they derailed. <laughs> so it looks, it looks like we'll. I think we're going to be touching on some of that stuff, Keith. And I think Keith had another comment too, but we'll get to that. Um, Josh added to Keith's, Keith, Keith's response. I too would like to hear thoughts on new releases. That's one of the things I miss about Mint. It was a place uh, to talk about what we'd uh, just seen or read before everyone was posting hot takes on Twitter. Maybe some kind of regular segment or addition to the main topic, or simple or a simple segment like currently into or what I'm enjoying, where each host uh, plus guest talk about something new or old that they're watching or reading right now, just to, just spitballing. Mm, uh, I like that too. 
I yeah, like, really like that idea. I it's one of the reasons why in the last episode that we recorded, I jumped in there with um mentioning, and I'm gonna do it here again because I'm gonna plug it again because I like it that much. N.K. Jemison's uh, Far Sector. Um, I like the idea that honestly, a lot of my reading list has come from you, you both from both of you, um, because I I you know I was out of comics for a long time. I check in periodically, but James James knows because we connected reconnected. Um, a while before we really started on, on secret or recording or secret origins here. Um, so I, I like the idea of sharing uh, what I'm currently into, what I'm enjoying, that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. Oh, definitely. I mean, you guys got me back into reading Planetary after many years, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it right now. So, yes. Yeah, we could we could do that. Uh, I'll, I'll plug something, you know, right now, too. I was talking to Chris offline about this. I just read the DC Black Label book, Har- Harleen. Yeah. Or... Uh, which gives a grounded interpretation of how Harley mm. Quinn came to be. Um, I will say it's written a little bit like a romance novel. And I will say that the artist definitely made the most beautiful looking Joker you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's a, it's a nice origin to the character and a good sort of reboot or retelling of her origin. And, and the book I will also recommend that I thought was really good. And obviously it's been out for a while. And I recommended it to Chris when we, we're talking comic books again. Was um, Batman White Knight? I really enjoyed that that take and that universe they've I've created. That. It's very um, good. Yeah, it's very good, and I, I really like it also because he takes from everything in Batman that we love. Um, he seems really grounded in the animated mm-hmm. and ninety eight eighty nine version. So, um, so I really enjoyed that book. So, those are some some choice of things that I've recently read that I, I think people would find enjoyable. And if you don't, you can put it in the comments section. So. We could talk about those books uh, in the in the Facebook group. Uh, so thank you, Josh. Again, friend of the show, Josh. Arco Esposito, uh, future guest of the show, writes in X-Men comics, exclamation point. <laughs> where, where they started, and what they became, and what the hell happened, LOL. Oh, I, I would love to speak to Arco about present-day X-Men because he's, because, oh my God, talk about going off the track, going off the rails, yeah. Uh, so yes, that's definitely a, a subject we can we can dive into yeah so i yeah. think Arco, i'm not sure if arco is up to current x-men but i i definitely well, know classic does. x-men is is everything oh, well and there's there's a lot there to mine too and honestly like you know I, I and there are also i mean there's cross appeal too you know john talked about how much he loved x-men um and and we haven't really talked x-men in all the in all the mm-hmm. conversations that we've had i think x-men has come up like once james i think you mentioned age of apocalypse is one of your top 10 storylines maybe yes yep, yep. um mm-hmm. but other than that x-men really hasn't come up so i think exploring a little bit more especially alongside arco uh would be a lot of fun definitely yeah though so that that's going to happen and arco so this is this is on the uh the more recent posting i did for this and arco was the first to post on this again so thank you arco for contributing twice you're welcome um, I think the three of you do a great job together. Looking forward to New Year's episodes. Um, and again, especially an X-Men one with a heart emoji. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, Arco, I, I appreciate that Arco is like, Arco is gently nudging, but like, it's not, it's, it's becoming more of a push and, and we need that. So thank you, Arco, for sure. We do. Ar- we need to get to X-Men. Arco, buddy, I'm right now rereading X-Men The Hidden Years by John Byrne. So um, just let you know that. Excellent book. Oh, you will have to, we'll have to talk about it. And Arco, Arco, you, I know you've campaigned hard to be on the show. You didn't have to campaign. We were going to have you on, but we're, we're, we're it's, it's coming. 
to 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 our New Year's audience, it's coming next. It's coming soon. <laughs> yeah, it'll and and Arco, we will get to you before the apology episode when we'll still apologize for taking too long to get to you as well as to X Men. But we will get you in before the apology episode. We, we promise, man. We can't wait to have you on. Yes, we're looking we're looking forward to that. Uh, I see Richie uh, Richie in that same law in that same posting. He said to us, "So far, so good. Uh, feels like old times with every episode." Um, he had a little Facebook issue here, so I'm going to jump to the rest of his comment. Let me just see here. Um, uh, I think we all have Facebook issues yeah. for what that's worth. <laughs> he said, yeah, even when it's not a theme I would typically be familiar with, i.e. Babylon 5, but it does spark my interest to check it out. During Keith's episode and a lot of others, you bring up what each other, which each of you consider top reads. Can you post them much like you do Joe's favorite covers? Uh, smiley face and love it, exclamation point. Can we write that now? Post yeah. So I have started. Um, I asked. I Joe. Joe has all the original books. Uh, like we've said in previous issues, Chris and I don't really have a lot of solid reading material. Yeah, um, honestly, at this point, almost all of my floppies are gone. Even the ones I was working on collecting for a while, even JLA and stuff. I just, uh, um, yeah, I just I had read them to death, and I was like, all right, well, and I had never had any intention of selling them because I had read them so much, so. Um, I've really enjoyed looking at Joe's covers too, for exactly that reason, because I don't have them. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. So Richie, we, we, I have started trying to post the things and put links in the show when we talk about specific items on Comixology or links to Amazon where you can buy them and trade. So we are going to continue doing that. And, um, you know, if Joe doesn't have it, then I'll put up a generic image off the internet, which I, I, you know, at least it'll be there, but I I do prefer like Joe, you have like the real thing whenever possible. I think it just gives it a little, it's nicer looking post to actually see the original issue or trade. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. But we will do that for you, Richie. And I'm glad we appreciate it. And you will be on soon too. Hopefully (laughs) that's our goal. Uh, We move on to Brad Schaefer. I'm still catching up on a backlog, but I, I can't, but I can't tell you guys how much, how much fun it's been to listening to the podcast. One note, it's been a real joy for me to hear you guys talk about Young Justice every time it comes up. And then a separate joy when Joe talks about how it's not as good as Batman, the animated series, (laughs) JLU or DCAU. Um, In general, I'd love to hear you talk more about some of of the other great Marvel slash DC animated stuff over the years. DC movies, 90s X-Men slash Spider-Man cartoons, more uh, DCAU stuff, any of... You know, any of y'all watching the new any of you all watching the new Harley Quinn show and I, I just responded to him that I have watched Harley Quinn I think it's a lot of fun and crazy and I'm looking forward to season three but um, what do you guys think about um, his note about talking about oh. some of the animated stuff well Bradley I got I just recently got um, Disney plus so I've been re-watching both the 94 uh, and uh, the 90 the mid 90s spider-man next man cartoons and they're they're just as good today as they were back then I'm enjoying the heck out of them they're really great. It's great stuff. Yeah, I need to get back to that stuff. I'm happy to talk the animated stuff, especially because a lot of my fandom is still is still based on that. You know, when you talk about who's your Batman and mine is mine is and always will be Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the animated stuff is just it's really strong. I appreciate that it, you know, it's it doesn't try and make the medium something it's not. Uh so I, I am always happy with the animated stuff. I'll always go back to it. I think the vast majority of it that, uh, has aged really, really well. Um, and I still really want to get into a conversation about Young Justice because yeah. uh, because I, I do. I really do think it's the best show since uh, since Batman the Animated Series. 
and that's including even there. Don't get me wrong; there are definitely episodes of JLU that are the top of my list, and the same with Batman Beyond. But um, for me, Young Justice is absolutely the best animated series since Batman the or, the original series, the animated series. Okay, we can get into that, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I think that was one of our original topics. Well, I mean, we got to write that down yeah, so this, we come yeah, back this to is, it. This is yeah, this is a while back, but we've had but we've had so many amazing guests and so many. Um, I feel like you know some of the. This will be really interesting, I think, navigating as we get more and more guests on here, which is which is awesome because we do. We've got, you know, I mean, everybody who's listening to this, you know, the Mint crew, you know that we have, you know, the best crew around. So love having so many guests on. Um, but it's interesting trying to strike that balance between between old and new, you know, uh, like Please. getting back to that old topic. Yes, I do. I do definitely want to get into discussing Young Justice. But we've got so many other cool things going on that, you know, keeps taking a back seat, um, especially because Young Justice isn't going anywhere. So, yeah. It's also like as we we're introducing people who like some guests maybe want to be a part of some of these these, uh, you know, like the bull session. Like right. these are like bull session mm-hmm. topics. Like, and it's the three of us can obviously pontificate on it and talk about it. But we may want to have a guest or two to talk about Young Justice or we still have to get back to the the long lasting debate of Batman v Superman between the two of you, uh, which oh, yeah. was a bull session topic. So yeah. we we yeah. may want to introduce some people and then invite them to be on that show as panel for that uh, that conversation. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, Joe and I are going to need judges, right? Right, right. Yeah, so. but you, you know that 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 um, that Batman v Superman thing for me doesn't hold the weight it did uh, 15, 20 years ago because both characters are so poorly written in my estimation today. So. Well, I, might, I, mean, I, think, I might substitute Wally West for Superman. <laughs> I think I think you and I would still be. Uh, I think yeah, we could yes, we, we could still rely on the on the old stuff because that's what mm-hmm. I would be doing as well. I don't I don't yeah. think about the characters no, we, as much today. Um, but it also it also doesn't hold as much weight for me either because I my identity is not tied as closely to Batman as it used to be. So so I think it'll be interesting to see how that evolved. That's very healthy, Chris. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, next one up is from Steve Perel. Uh, I would love to see an episode where you interview separately all three owners of Mint, Joan Gross, Richie Garofalo, and Joe Peluso, to get their thoughts on on their time at uh, at Mint. Questions like, what did they love slash hate most about running the store? <laughs> what are their favorite memories about the store? What prompted them to open slash buy Mint and what made them finally sell slash move on from it? If they had a chance to do it all over again, would they do it differently? And the most important question of all, Marvel or DC? Smiley face uh, emoji. (laughs) Would I do it differently? Yes. Uh, Marvel or DC? (laughs) I really don't care anymore. (laughs) But if this was 10 years ago and before, it would be DC. And... um, Yes, yeah, Steve. We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get the grosses and Richie together. We, myself and James and Chris, and we're gonna do that. Uh, you know, that that show is coming forthcoming. I, uh, yes, I that's the that. that's the show we're looking to build towards. Um, I, you know, we're still. I'm I'm trying to locate the grosses. So uh, I guess if any anybody politely in our audience, if anyone you know knows yes, them on yeah. Facebook or is, is is listening to the podcast and and recommends it to them you know um you know they i would just like them to be aware of it i'm they, they absolutely it's up to them if they want to come on podcasting as a medium and being on the air is not for everybody but um you know where you are still trying to locate them and and let them know we're doing this show and if they if they want to have any part of it great but i just hope they they know how much they've 
influenced all of us and helped us come together. And, and obviously, you know, we'd love to talk to them. So um, if anyone in our listening audience knows them or has a way or reaching them or introducing them to the podcast, um, that would be great. You could, you could also just message me or, or Chris online separately and we can talk, but uh, we, that is definitely something we're working on. So um, I think, and Steve, all the questions were great. And Joe gave you a little teaser, but I think that's all he's going to give you right now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, let's see here. Patrick Louie, my brother, he said, I'd love to hear an episode where you all agree to watch or to read or watch something you're unfamiliar with and discuss it like you, what you liked and disliked about it. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to think what that would be. I, if my, my first, my first thought, not because I, I think it's bad, it's just because I don't read a lot of it, is something in anime or man manga. My first thought would be a slasher film. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Chris, what are your thoughts about that? I, I think it's a great idea. I don't know what I would pick necessarily. It might be, <laughs> it might be kind of fun to to pick a new title uh, that we haven't read before, and then you know we try and keep the podcast pretty positive. But given how much how much we've laid into the new directions they've taken with characters and stuff, um, maybe picking up like a new a new like small series or something could be fun yeah, yeah. to see whether or not we we stand by our decisions or our assertions. Um, so I don't know what we'd pick specifically, but I but I really like the idea, especially because um, you know I'm sort I've said I'm sort of doing this already. I'm reading things I'm unfamiliar with. I've read a lot of Swamp things since James and I reconnected. You know. Um, so there are definitely things that, that I know Joe and James suggest. And like, you know, we've talked a little bit about Westerns and I don't know mm -hmm. it mostly. I don't know a damn thing about Westerns. So, you know, Joe is going to be giving me some suggestions. So sort of already doing that personally. So doing it on the podcast sounds like fun to me. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm up for it. And I'm very much similar to you, Chris. I'll, I'll try things in Hoopla that I'm not familiar with at all just to give it a try. And, you know, and some of the stuff has worked out and some of the stuff has not worked out, but right. Um, and you know, if if we happen to have, uh, if we happen to grow that audience into somebody who who makes comics or does something of the sort, you know, if you uh, much like a lot of these like places, uh, critics that do board game reviews or video game reviews or or book reviews, uh, you know, if you send us these things, uh, we'll read them, we'll watch yeah. them. Yes, we <laughs> we will we will yeah. we we are not above free stuff. No, no, we're not above free stuff. Now, admittedly, you cannot buy us. But that's part of what makes us so great. You know, if we can't take your money and then pan whatever you've given us, then then what are you paying us for? So they couldn't buy me, Chris, because to buy me, you'd have to guarantee a, a, a Giants championship, a Giants Super Bowl. But let's face it, there's not enough money in the world to guarantee that. So. Oh, you are greedy, man. It doesn't feel like it's been that long since we got the last two. I know. I shouldn't be. If you were a Jets fan yeah, no, that, or a Browns fan, then half yeah, a century ago, was a Jets fan. Yeah. Lord, man. <laughs> Yeah, and Richie, Richie follows up my my brother's comment with "sounds good," but what would be great is to have Steve Perel as a guest and part of that discussion. Now that is potential for great entertainment. LOL. I think everybody realizes that Steve is going to be a wild man on this podcast. He's going to be great. <laughs> and then Steve commented on Richie's thing that Steve is a jerk who hates everything and or waits for the trade paperback. There you now, go. Hang on, this is this is probably my favorite part of the entire thread because. If you don't look at the little emoji that like James 
contributed here. James <laughs> James added a laughing emoji, indicating that he is joking along with Steve and understanding that. However, if you ignore that, after Steve says Steve is a, about himself, Steve is a jerk who hates everything, James very, <laughs> in a very political approach, says... Steve, we are looking forward to having you on the show, period. It just, it, just, it just to me feels like such a dodge of like not telling Steve, no, Steve, you don't do that. It just it's just like, well, we're looking forward to having you on the show, Steve. It just it just killed me because I read that before I saw James's emoji reaction. And I went, that is the perfect politician's response. So I really enjoyed that. <laughs> well, I appreciate one. He's in on the joke. So I figured I could be a speech. And we are looking forward to having him on the show. But I also appreciate Steve's comment and the fact that he quotes what we quote about him in the show. <laughs> so yeah. Paying attention. He waits for the trade paperback. Just, just as a reminder to our, to our audiences there, that's, that's you two. Steve, don't forget, Steve was a great ghost for me. So I, I may not disagree, but I don't know yet. <laughs> Steve just, or Rich? I'm just was, covering my butt here. Was it Steve or Rich Cranjack was the gray ghost? No, there were, there, remember I said there was more than one. Rich was. Oh, yeah, oh okay, yeah, sorry. Yes, yes, you did. You did. Well, in our yes, well, Steve is Steve is embracing the catchphrase that uh, Joe and I have uh, thrust upon him. So uh, I appreciate I appreciate the catchphrase, and I he appreciate accepted, the, he's accepted the mantle. And he would be good, I think, uh, on any episode we, we get him on. So uh, he is obviously, yes. obviously, we, you know, since we started later in this year, other episodes, we have a lot of guests coming for 2022. And Steve is one of them on the list, uh, which will hopefully be soon. Uh, Patrick also uh, re-added uh, or added an addition. Or maybe you, maybe you all pick something you're not a fan of, uh, but discuss what the significance of the thing is to the genre or industry. Oh. Okay. No, I, I, I mean, like things, the, I guess. Patrick comes up with some really deep ones, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm like, you know, to think, James, I, think I think there's things I've read. James and oh, I were ahead, talking Chris. about this. I was just going to say, James and I were talking about this off the air the other day in terms of things we have, we have watched uh, film-wise that, you know, may not enjoy, but we can, we can appreciate what it has contributed to the genre to. And I, and this is something that I talked about with Babylon five, right? I had mentioned specifically that like, I can appreciate what Babylon Five did for television, mm. not just not just a genre, what it did for all of television. Um, even though I don't, you know, love the series, this isn't like one of my top five or even one of my top ten series, um, just because of how I feel about it. But I feel the same way about a bunch of movies that I, you know, uh, at the time that I was growing up for a while there, um, one of the one of the really really popular films was Requiem for a Dream, and I never liked it. I didn't think it was a bad film. I just never liked it. So it's it. But but I was able to look at it and say, that's a well-made film. I just don't like it. So I think that's an important skill to have when we're talking about when we're talking about art. You know, um, this is mm. a skill that I sort of developed uh, in theater, which is you sometimes you need to be able to tell when uh, a play or an actor is doing good work, even if you don't like the work. There are plenty of plays that are really well written that I just don't like. So, um, so I really like the idea of getting into some of those things and talking about, okay, well, what, why is it important to the genre or, or to the industry? Because, you know, it's interesting now, looking back, I went back and I reread, um, I reread the Infinity Gauntlet story, you know, and I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it, <laughs> which is, which was kind of surprising to me because I really enjoy the movies. I like the culmination of the movies in the MCU and they obviously changed a bunch, but when I went back and I read it, I'm like, this, I, I didn't enjoy it. If you asked me to go back and reread it, I'd say I'm not going to make the time for that. 
that's how much I didn't enjoy it. However, it th- that whole situation that really helped forge what the MCU would become. Sure. And so it played a role in that, you know. So, um, so I, I like the idea a lot. Yeah, I do too. I mean, uh, this the skill and acumen that's applied to whatever medium we're talking about uh, needs to be well, needs to be talked about. Needs to be recognized. Um, I'll go back even further with with a TV show. I'll go back to 1951. I think I've said this before, but it bears repeating. Desi Arnaz was a genius, but sure. I love Lucy. I mean, he t- everything was a, a standard one camera show. He went to three cameras, and thus was born this, the modern situation comedy, and one of the greatest TV shows of all time. So yeah, whether you like Isla Lucy or not, you've got to give, and not only to Desi Arnaz, also to Lucille Ball. She was the business brains behind. He was more the more creative brain, mm-hmm. but. Um, um, the, the two of them, uh, they, they, they broke new ground and yeah. thank God they did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's, these are, these are great suggestions and, um, let's see, Josh, Josh adds on to that. Um, I'd love for you guys to do, I'd love for you guys to each do an episode where one of you makes the case for something you're into and the others aren't <clears throat> kind of related. I'd love for Joe to do an episode where he talks about Westerns. Oh, I, I can. I can yes, I can do that. I you'll have to, you'll have to probably pull out a uh, a shotgun to, to stop me <laughs> 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 because I can go on and on about westerns. I was watching uh, I, this morning before I went for my uh, my booster shot. I was watching an episode of The Virginian. So yeah, yeah, I can do that. And I think, like Chris said, I'm not familiar with that familiar with westerns either, Joe. So I think just have, maybe having an episode where you talk about westerns and recommend some stuff for Chris to I. Chris and I to watch maybe before the episode and then after the episode sure. might uh, and talk about the genre in general mm-hmm. might be well, a very uh, interesting podcast on its own. And you never know what's going to get you into a thing, right? Like there have been, you know, my, my dad tried to, as I was growing up, would try and show me a Western here or there. Uh, he wasn't a big Western guy. There were just some films that he liked, but, uh, but it was never, never for me, but you know, it's, it's, one of those things you never really know necessarily what's going to trip. Sometimes it's the right person, the right messenger at the right moment with the right message. Um, you know, I, for years and years, I have not been interested in baseball. Um, but here I am trying baseball. Uh, so yeah, so you just, you never know, but I, I like the idea of, um, making the case for something you're in that the, into that the others aren't. I really, I like that because, um, a long time ago. So it used to be when I was, when I was growing up, if you didn't, if you didn't know of a thing that I really liked, for some reason that would become like a point of contention. Like, oh my God, you've never seen this? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, looking back, that's just kind of crappy, right? Because it, it it creates tension where there doesn't need to be any. Um, and also, you know, who's to say that, you know, our experiences are so different from one another. So to say that, you know, I love film, but I haven't seen this movie. And then people jump on you and say, how can you say you love film if you haven't seen that? Uh, it's nonsense. Um, I've really hit a point in my life where if I get to be the one to introduce you to something that you otherwise hadn't, wouldn't have read, watched, experienced, whatever, I think that's, that's, get, that gets to be my privilege. I get enthusiastic about that. So, um, while it's nice to be able to, you know, uh, talk to somebody about the expanse because they've watched it, they're all caught up just like I am. Uh, there's a different kind of nice that comes with being able to say, Oh my gosh, you like sci-fi and haven't seen The Expanse? Okay, so here's what you do. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I, it's 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 interesting. I like the idea of um, of of exploring that. Right, turning up your nose to someone is not not the way to get them uh, into something. You know, oh, you you've or never seen just straight up oh, yeah. rude, right? Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You've never seen The Godfather? You know, 
I, I did have that uh, reaction years ago, but now I realized, okay, not everybody's seen The Godfather. So um, about two years ago, we should have been working in the store at Vaughan. We weren't. It was a slow day. So I sat Thomas and Jacob down, the two guys that worked for me, and I said, you're going to watch The Godfather today. And um, one of them liked it, one of them didn't. There you go. <laughs> so we did that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's one person who, who may not have gotten around to it otherwise, because there is. Yeah. There's, a, there's a ton of stuff out there, so... And plus, it's it's in this day and age, though, it's some of it's like, not that I, I haven't seen, well, some of it's like, is there so much that I may not be aware of it? Exactly. <laughs> and so two, it's like, there's not enough time to watch everything. Exactly. So it's it's not that I don't, like, I didn't want to see it or I don't care about seeing it. It's just the time of watching it is is more of the issue than the actual, like, I'm turning my nose up to it or I don't like right. it or I wouldn't try mm-hmm. it out. I think that's, uh, I think it's, I think it's a great idea. Uh Josh also adds, um, somewhat related, and I know this is heresy, but I'd love for you guys to do an episode of recommendations you'd give to someone um, into comics who isn't already. Um, you know, he has the asterisks around in. Um, but I, I told, I responded to Josh that he's in luck because the at the time of recording, Keith, Keith Tarnowski's episode just dropped. And we talk about uh, there briefly with him all the re- the recommendation we make to a new reader, but we we've spoken about it on that episode and off that episode that we're going to have I think a, our own episode of just new reads to readers I think of all ages and genres. Uh, so you can look out for that one, Josh. Definitely. Uh, and let's see here. We got one. Do we have one more? Uh, we do from uh, Robert Spinelli. Yeah, Robert Smiley, I'd like uh, e- I'd like to see either A, a discussion of comic book film adaptations, or B, some more about the store's impact on the greater Port Washington community as it offered a great spot for kids after school not fulfilled elsewhere in the town. Um, adaptations, yeah. that, that was one of the, when we first talked about the uh, the podcast way back in the summer, adaptations was one of the first things I wrote down as one of, one of, one of the things we should, we should do. Yeah, so we can definitely get around to that. Definitely. I mean, by the time this is up, we'll have uh, discussed Shang-Chi. Um, mm-hmm. But we have, I think, plans of, you know, obviously discussing other things, either in a short wrap-up that we discussed earlier. Um, I think there's there was, I think we might have discussed doing the CW shows and the MCU as a whole. Um, right. a- Adrian might be a good person to have on for the CW shows. I know yes. she watches them. No, Adrian would be terrific for that. She could really drive that conversation. Yeah, she and, here's, a little, uh, here's a little nugget. Uh, I just saw this recently online so, uh, on a YouTube channel somewhere, but uh, Superman the movie, 1978, right? Is, mm-hmm. it, is it a Silver Age Superman movie or is it a uh, Bronze Age Superman? Is it the Bronze Age? All right, so that's something, something we, could, uh, we, could, we could throw around. Uh, when you think about the time that movie came out and, 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 the, and how it was adapted from the comics. I sure, think- and, and yeah, and what we, what we wanted to see versus what we didn't. I, I can tell you I was yeah. very excited about Dark Knight Rises when mm-hmm. they were talking about Bane and it seemed like he was a mastermind. And I was very disappointed in the direction they went. But as I was watching Dark Knight Rise, because I, I love Batman Begins, I love Dark Knight. But as Dark Knight Rises, I was sitting in the theater and I was watching it and I was like, oh, great, they're going to do they're going to do this storyline. And yeah. then it changed. And I was like, oh, they're, they're not going to do that, but they're going to do this instead. And oh, no, they're not going to do that either. And they're going <laughs> to what the what the hell are they? And by the, by the time I hit halfway through the movie, I was like, I don't even I don't even care what they're doing anymore. Um, but there's some adaptations that I liked to see happen. Some of them were more faithful than others. And there were times where I'm like, I want it to be more faithful to the book. And other times where I'm like, no, no, no. I know it's not that faithful, but I'm I'm perfectly happy to see the adaptation they did. So, um, yeah, right there with you. Yeah, adaptation is like a real skill and art in terms mm-hmm. of like what you do. Because obviously everything, I mean, you could you could say everything doesn't have to be adapted, but it is it is hard to take something from a written page 
or drawn page and put it up on the screen without some type of um, change to yeah. it or, or some yeah. type of adaption. You usually get a more faithful adaptation in an animated film than you do in a live action film. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But, and, yeah. and Marvel obviously has found a better way of adapting their stuff to the point where you, you get to see things you didn't know you wanted to see in that story. Mm-hmm. And DC tends to do adaptions and you're like, why? <laughs> in a story. Oh, you mean like you are, I think that is 100%. That is spot on. James. Spot on. Yes. Yes. You know, like to your point, like what the hell is going on in the Dark Knight Rises? Are you yeah. doing you're doing Nightfall? No, no, no. You're doing No Man's Land? Wait, 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 what what are you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, and then why is Superman so sad? <laughs> yeah. Well, why are you doing Doomsday in, in Batman v Superman? Isn't, uh, isn't there enough film already? Why why do we need uh, yeah. Doomsday, right? Why does why does Parallax look like indigestion? <laughs> oh god, yes. No, oh my god. god. Uh, well I have a different But that's o- but that's okay because Ryan Reynolds fixed that one at least. In Deadpool, he fixed that one. Yes, he did. Deadpool <laughs> 2 specifically. Yes, he did. Uh, and he fixed Deadpool, the previous incarnation of Deadpool right. 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fixed that too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, really, Ryan Reynolds is the hero here. He yeah. He's gone back and retconned <laughs> the stuff that we didn't like. So um, yeah. yeah, we just need to hire him to do it again and take a maybe a broader scope. Yeah. Um, and then poor wa- then Min's greater um, impact yeah. on the Port Washington community. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think, I think, um, you know, I, 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 I feel like Mint, like it was a big influence to in the community when I was around. Um, Joe, you, you probably, I mean, oh, I was working there, but as an owner, you probably had a little more firsthand experience with, well, with definitely. what Mint did. Especially, to, especially with the, uh, the Arbor Fest. That was always, uh, you know, a good, a good, uh, a venue to, um, you know, to, uh, put Mint forth to the community. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, and Chris, you, Chris, you added to Robert's comment. I've been thinking about exploring what meant meant to the greater Powash community as well. I mean, do you? I mean, I, I think we both feel like Mint was a big contribution to the community of Port Washington. Yeah, no, I really do. I'm looking forward to sort of digging into that because I was thinking about it just the other day. Because um, ever since moving to, I wasn't, I, I did almost no public service growing up, which is a regret now. Um, you know, and, and then in college, you know, sometimes it was a requirement. So it wasn't the same as it is now. Now that I've moved to St. Louis, you know, I, I have a passion for finding ways to serve my community and, um, and I wouldn't have understood when I was younger, but now that I'm older, and I think it's one of the things I talked about during our Thanksgiving episode, why I was grateful for Mint, um, is the, the service that it provided to the community by giving kids a place to go, a safe place to go, mm-hmm. um, you know, where they could learn about different things and learn different skills. And yeah, I know it's it's easy to write off gaming as, okay, well, they could have been outside when it was nice out or why are they spending money on this game? But there are, there are a lot of benefits that come with that um, that, you know, is, aren't necessarily measured by people who know what they're talking about. So um, so I'd, I'd love to have that conversation about um, the store's impact on the community and providing a, a service because, um, you know, I think especially we see this now as we see our communities invaded by more Walmarts and superstores and everything. The big um, box stuff, you know, yes. I, I personally, um, you know, the reason I, I've mentioned this before, I got, the reason I got out of comics is because I didn't have a comics community like I did at Mint. And I can tell you right now that um, board game wise, I like having a common space. There, there are a lot of times I want to play at home in the comfort of my home or uh, of a friend's home, but um, there are some games that I like going into the game store and meeting other people in the community who also play the game. So, um, yeah, I love the idea of talking about the service that, that Mint Condition provided because I don't think Mint and and in turn uh, the Grosses, Rich, or you, Joe, got enough 
recognition from the community for what you brought to it. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, no, I, def I definitely agree with that. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned camaraderie, Chris, because uh, like I said, oh, the kids are inside, they're not outside, they're playing a game, they're not playing ball. But whether you're, whether you're, if you're a 10 year old kid, whether you're playing, you know, a touch football or a pickup game, a basketball or softball, or you're in mid condition playing the gathering, you're getting, you're, you're being exposed to camaraderie. You're understanding what camaraderie is. And that's what all that is all about, especially all my sports. That's what, you know, fulfills the human. That's what makes you a, a person. Not the fact that you can hit a baseball or dunk a basket or, you know, or beat somebody in a card game, but the fact that you're interacting with other people. And, um, it's, yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. No, I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that, Joe, because there are there are a lot of people who would be critical of staying inside, playing a quote stupid card game, um, or reading comic books, which you know you should read a book instead, which is its own other thing. Because I don't respect that opinion at all. No, I don't. Um, but you know, it's it's funny because right now the argument for um, you know the argument that a lot of parents have been making for you know opening up schools uh, to full to full enrollment and everything again is you know kids need to be around other kids, and it's like that's. That's what Mint was doing, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. you can't have it both ways. You can't make the argument that um, that this is not healthy for a child to be doing. And then out of the other side of your mouth, say, well, but kids need to be near each other. So they they learn how to socialize and, you know, they need other people. But I think that's something we all learned during the pandemic is that, um, you know, even if even for those of us who are more introverted, there are still some people in our lives that we do need and activities we do need. And, mm -hmm. and it's not always going to be sports and it's not always going to be what's more socially acceptable. Uh, sometimes it's going to be card games, comics, talking about sports cards. And, uh, and there's a lot of value there. So I, I'd like to see communities uh, more cognizant of the services that, that places like Mint, um, you know, the services that they provide. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, these, these, you know, these characters and heroes have brought a lot of people together, they brought all of us together and mm -hmm. everyone we've talked about on the show. And so far we've this brought us together. So it, it's, um, it's, it's something you do inside, but it's something you do in a community of people. And I, I yeah, I, I do think like Chris said, it doesn't, it doesn't get the appreciation it deserves for the communities that it builds and, and everything else it does. I mean, aside from building communities, people, you know, lives are influenced by these characters, their directions of like what they want to do growing up, how they treat people like they learn a lot from these from this medium mm -hmm. um, and the interactions they have with people in the medium. So that's great. Did I miss anything, Chris? Nope, that was all the ones I saw. Okay, really, so thank really appreciate everybody. That was, that was a great some terrific input. And we really wow. appreciate that you're not only listening, but contributing because that's part of what what especially makes this uh, much that much closer to what Mint was right, which is a community and not just couple of <laughs> a couple of blowhards on our soapboxes <laughs> talking about what we're not talking about <laughs> yeah, why yeah why is superman wears underwear on, on, on the outside yeah <laughs> no it's much much more than that yeah more than that. we do we really appreciate um yeah chris everyone who, who wrote in and uh, we we continue to appreciate all support and comments and and things you post on the facebook group it, it really it feels it feels like we're re-engaging with the main community there so thank you very much for, for doing mm -hmm. that and uh, your suggestions were all good. There are things we have had planned and some things that we, I guess, we'll think about and, and plan them into the upcoming year. So uh, we're looking forward to implementing some of these suggestions into the show. Um, so to wrap up our New Year's uh, episode, I guess like, like many podcasts or shows this time of year, we're going to do our um, best of 2021. Uh, I put the caveat on this. And as I spoke about earlier, um, there's so much content out there that comes out and you sometimes don't get to it 
until you get to it. So this this 2021 list is not just things that have come out in the past year, but just things that we have personally listened to, read, watched, that we engaged with in 2021 and would like to share with each other and then with all of you. Um, so how should we do this? Should we should we just like go through our list and like in one shot, or you want to go one for one? What, what do let's you guys think? One for one. One for one. Yeah. All right. So Joe, I, I know you got a, you got a long list, but I think we'll just we'll do the well, I think we'll do the five, and then you have some you always have honorable mentions, which is nice. Yes, so, I uh, do. <laughs> so uh, so why why don't you kick us off with uh, with your I guess your number five on your list of 2021? Well, it'll be something very recent, thanks to Keith Tarnowski, who have been after me for three years to watch Cobra Kai. I finally sat down. Last Tuesday and I uh, and uh, this weekend, past weekend, I finished all thirty episodes, and then eagerly uh, looking forward to the premiere of season four on December thirty first. Um, the show, I, I, it, it's yes, it can be schmaltzy at time, and it can be um, a little cheesy at time. But the um, uh, I don't know anything about martial arts, by the way, but it looks good. It looks real to me. Uh, but the best thing about the show, it reads, it feels like an eighties comic book. It has the twists and turns. It has the ups and downs. It has the um, Oh, the, the the holy shit moments, all that stuff. It's, it's all in there. So I really enjoyed that. And um, thanks, Keith. Uh, it's one of the top things I, I uh, enjoyed this year. That's a good one. I, I have only watched season two. So season three is on is on my docket. Did, didn't get to it this year. So hopefully next year. But um, but I, I agree with you, Joe. It, it was a lot of fun. And I grew up with the Karate Kid and stuff. So it was nice to return to the characters. And they do such a good job of, uh, I think, Balancing the nostalgia, but also moving moving the story forward. Exactly. With, yes. Yeah. Um, Chris, where where are you at with your number five for this year? Uh, so I ended up with because because when James had put this out there, he has said you know music or TV or books or comics or whatever. So I sort of ended up picking one of everything. And so the pick I'm going to make first is just just in case I you know. After after getting sniped so hard in our Christmas episode, be careful, be careful. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I'm going to start with the thing that I think is is most snipeable, and that is Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, it was I had been looking forward to this movie. It got delayed. I was disappointed in that. It is the only movie that I've seen in theaters since the pandemic started two years ago, um, and it was totally worth it. You know all the love to snack and, and have drinks while watching the movie and didn't do any of that so I could stay masked the whole time um, because it was that important to me to see it in theaters. But, um, but uh, you know, coming into it, I really, I didn't know anything about the character. Uh, once I found out that uh, Simu Lu was, was going to be, uh, um, was going to be Sean, um, I was like, I was all in, I was all in. I kept seeing this stellar cast, just this stacked cast being announced and so I learned a little bit about it. I was excited about it. I thought, you know, if nothing else, even if I don't love the character, I'm sure I'll love the movie. And it turns out I love both. So um, so my movie that I was most excited about for 2021 um, was Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, it's, again, right up there in my my top three MCU movies. I, I just adore it. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, my number five is a comic book series. I don't, I don't know if it started this, this, this year. It might've started the end of, la of, uh, 2020, but it's a uh, teenage mutant Ninja Turtles, the last Ronin. It re reunites the original creators of the, of the book Eastman and Leard come back. And, um, I'm not going to give the whole thing away. Um, the fourth issue I come, think comes out, it's only like a four part series, but, um, fourth issue comes out in February, I believe. 
But it tells the story of a post-apocalyptic future. There is one Ninja Turtle left, and he has all the weapons of his of his fallen brothers. And you don't know right away who who is the one who survived, but he's haunted by the ghost of his previous brothers, and he's trying to get revenge for for their for their death and for Master Splinter's death. Um, it's it's fun, it's dark, and uh, <laughs> and uh, it's it's cool to you know to see this uh, sort of samurai and I would argue Joe probably Western like story of this this lone warrior going going in against uh, an army of uh, of odds against him. So it's been a lot of fun to read and get back into Ninja Turtles a little bit. Sounds good. Um, so Joe, we're right. back. To, yeah, we're back to you, Joe. All right, number four is another show recently just premiered on. Uh... Showtime, so I had to subscribe to that. And that's Dexter New Blood. Big fan of Dexter. Um, uh, back in the day during Mint, uh, it, again, it was Keith who turned me on to this. I was I would sometimes binge this till 4 o'clock in the morning just to finish the season. But um, I don't know if you, you're probably aware that the last episode was not uh, uh, too well thought of by the fans. And uh, kind of like the last episode of Sopranos. But... Um, so they came back and they're doing this. They're doing this ninth season. There may be more. There may not be more. But so far, six episodes in, there have been twists and turns. It's been great. The acting is spectacular. The writing is fantastic. The direction direction is is, is top notch as usual. It's uh, everything the last season should have been, uh, but wasn't. So um, if you're a Dexter fan, you're on the fence about checking out New Blood, Dexter New Blood, do it. You won't be you won't be disappointed. That sounds good, Joe. I'll have to. I didn't finish the original run. I think we spoke about that off offline, mm-hmm. but um, but I, I would be looking. I would be up for watching this one once uh, once it becomes available. Um, it's very good when it's all done. Um, Chris, what's what's your number four slot? So my number four, uh, I cheated, but only just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, this was my comic uh, selection, and this is. I believe this is all one story, one run of stories, which is why I'm cheating. Um, it starts with, uh, cause three, three graphic novels. I don't know exactly how many, uh, issues, how many floppies it spans, but it starts with Thor, God of Thunder, volume one, the God butcher. And it goes to volume two, God bomb and volume three, the accursed. Uh, I, man, and, and I guess you could include volume four, the last days of Midgard, but I don't know that I would, um, my friend Joe, my very good friend Joe, suggested that I read this and didn't just suggest it. He like insisted he was sending me text messages literally daily from the moment that uh, he suggested this, that I should, should I, that I needed to get to it. So I did. And um, and I got to tell you, as somebody who never literally never read Thor, the only experience I had reading Thor was in the Ultimates. Um, this was just a, an outstanding story, just terrific. Um, and it's funny because, you know, part of the problem with, I, I think with uh, a character like Thor is he's a God. So how do you, you know, how do you write him into danger? Uh, it's the problem that DC has had with Superman, Superman, you know, other than just slapping him with some kryptonite or, you know, throwing, throwing somebody who is a, a doomsday equivalent or somehow more powerful than doomsday you know, just finding heavyweight after heavyweight to throw at him. How do you how do you create narratively interesting situations? And um, and I thought that that the way they handle it, uh, the way Jason Aaron handles it um, in this in this stretch of stories, again starting with the God Butcher, 
um, is just outstanding. So that's my, I guess, my number four. That's my comic selection for 2021. I don't think it came out in 2021. I think it's just that I discovered it in 2021. But um, it's it definitely starts with uh, with Thor, God of Thunder, Volume 1, The God Butcher. Sounds good. I'll have to check it out. That's a great book, Chris. I loved it when I read it. And I would say they, they had an addendum, which I don't know if you read. They had King Thor, which kind of is an, addendum, an epilogue. No, I'll have to, I will have to get to it now. And um, and I will say also, I think part of um, uh, was it Gore uh, Gore right? Gore's the God Butcher. Yes, Gore. Gore uh, who I guess Christian Bale is going to be playing in the next uh, Thor God of Love, Love and Thunder. Yeah, so this uh, ties into the new Thor, and it is an excellent series. I I really loved reading it when I did, and um, I won't say any more than that. If you're if you're interested, you should pick it up because it, it goes all over the place and it spans a long gener- it spans the whole Thor universe. It's really excellent yeah, effect, right? it's super cool. Um. All right, my uh, my next pick is a is a podcast actually that that Jack, a uh, friend of the show, Jack recommended me called recommended called Beyond the Screenplay. Uh, I think, uh, as I understand, these people had a they had a YouTube channel and then they ended up starting a podcast. I think last year and going into this year, and I just really love it. They um they're all industry writers and uh, working in some form of production. I think mainly screenplay writing, um, and they just break down movies and it's 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 really great to get it's like a film education uh but it's also like a conversation that we're having on this podcast where they talk about why they love this movie how it was influential growing up and you know they've done the matrix movies and jurassic park and all the lord of the rings movies and all the star wars movies and big lebowski and no country for old men and it's it's just a really great enjoyable podcast that's fun and you get to learn something so i recommend the podcast beyond the screenplay okay nice very good yeah uh joe Number three. Okay, my, my number three is kind of like a love-hate uh, entry. Uh, you know, because back in t- 2020, uh, during the uh, pandemic, we only got a 60-game MLB season. So this year, we got a full 162 games. But if you're a New York fan, Yankee or Mets fan, it was damn disappointing. I'm not, I'm, this could be a rant, I know it, but I'm going to try to keep myself in check. But uh, it was fun to be able to sit down on almost any given day and watch a baseball game, watch a Yankee or a Met game. That was great. Unfortunately, the product that was on the field for most of the year, especially with the Mets, was unless Jacob DeGrom was pitching before he got hurt, was not fun to watch. And then the Yankees were just up and down. and I mean, couldn't hit their way out of a paper bag most of the time. It was um, – and then, of course, the disappointing end uh, where they lost the, uh, the um, a wild card game to the hated – Bastard. I mean, Boston Red Sox. So uh, I was grateful to have this full season. Uh, I, I, I applaud Major League Baseball for getting it off the ground. There were numerous uh, pitfalls along the way. There was uh, two major breakouts of, of uh, COVID, one at the beginning of the year with the Nationals and one in the second half of the year with the Yankees. And that may or may not have uh, cost them the, um, that, uh, you know, that extra game. They would have, they would have avoided uh, playing the Red Sox as a wild card. But uh, who knows? I mean, they, they just stink. So that's why they, <laughs> that's why they, did, they didn't uh, go far in the postseason. But again, uh, grateful that we had a full season of baseball. And hopefully with the CBA right now pending, not pending, but uh, going on, we'll, we'll get a full season in 2022. Fingers crossed. Sounds good. And we'll follow up with that on our next sports episode. Oh, yes, we will follow that up. Yes. Yeah. A little tease for 2022's first sports episode. Um, Chris, what's your number three? Yeah, so uh, my number three is my my book choice, and 
I think I haven't made that one yet, have I? <laughs> no, you haven't. No, you haven't, Chris. I was like, I can't remember what I did so far. No, I did. I did movie and I did comic book. So my number three is going to be my book choice, and my book choice is Leviathan Falls. Um, it is the conclusion to the Expanse series. It is book number nine, um, written by. Uh, they go, it's a pen name, James S. A. Corey, but uh, I I just loved the book. Loved it. Had been looking forward to it. Um, <clears throat> you know, knew I was going to tear right through it. Um, but I, I just I love the Expanse series. Uh, the show, the the series on Amazon is terrific too. Um, but this, you know, my thing is that the the show has only been six seasons. I think they've done a wonderful job of adapting it. Yes, there's stuff that's missing from the books, but um, but overall, it's it's if you're if you're just watching the show, I don't think you miss what's in the books because it's adapted so well and so even if it's not, you know tit for tat, line for line, it's adapted faithfully because it's all in the spirit of the series. That said, the the books really go an extra million miles because they've got the space in which to do it. Um, I don't know where this sixth season of The Expanse goes. They've only dropped one of, I think, six episodes so far. But um, but Leviathan Falls is my book for 2021. Um, there are other books I've read. I've read a lot this year, uh, more than I have in, in previous years. But um, but that was easily the book that I was most looking forward to. And for me personally, it absolutely did not disappoint. For me, it stuck the landing, and um, and there was a it was a very satisfying ending. I'm not going to call it a happy ending, but it was very satisfying. Um, and I, I personally, it's funny because um, at least one of the guys who writes the book, it's Team of Two. One of the guys who writes the book has has worked underneath James uh, George R. R. Martin, and um, you know George R. R. Martin says I think he's quoted on the book as saying uh, you know this is sci-fi the way it's supposed to be or, or something like that space fiction. He has a quote, and I agree with him. You can see the influence that that Martin had on this this team of writers in terms of the scope of the Expanse and the fact that no characters are safe, except I think they they took it. Further, and it doesn't feel like they just kill characters because you happen to like them. Um, I I've given up on uh, I've given up on Song of Ice and Fire. I'm just not interested anymore. Uh, I was reading the books. I didn't really watch the show, but um, but I I quit the books because I just felt like the story was being dragged out instead of just being told. Um, whereas I felt like the Expanse needed all nine books. Uh, we got all nine books, and um, and I just thought there were really excellently excellently written the characters are fleshed out beautifully so my number three leviathan falls that's my book for 2021 chris is each volume a season on, on the tv show no so uh it's it's okay. interesting because the the first season and i had sort of forgotten this i went i went back and i rewatched, i reread all eight books to prepare for leviathan wow rewatched all five seasons that's a, that's a prepare for the the sixth season it's just it's that good and i wanted to make sure i didn't miss anything um but the first season of The Expanse is like a little more than half of the first book. Mm. And then by the time – and there's a little bit of overlap, a little bit of overlap character-wise with the second book. And then by the time you get to the second season, they sort of merge the end of the first book and the second season together. And then there's there's some more merging so that rather than trying to make – a like force – a book into a season, mm -hmm. the show moves in a very organic way. And that's why I say I think it's very faithfully adapted because it tells, you know, it doesn't tell the same story. It mostly tells the same story, but like they'll merge characters together so that you have more three-dimensional characters because there's just more room to develop those characters in the books. 
So instead of making them two-dimensional for the show and cutting down on their screen time or, again, just <clears throat> excuse me, spending too much time on them and really slowing down the pace of the show so that every character gets their moment in the, in the limelight, um, I think they just do a really good job of cutting and merging where they need to and creating circumstances that you're like, oh, sure, okay, this was this was a faster way to get to where we were going. It works in the universe and it doesn't feel rushed. Nice job. So um, so they don't quite correspond to one another. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. one of my goals for uh, yeah, 2022 is to watch The Expanse. Uh, one of mine also. Yeah, so we'll have, a, we'll have to have an Expanse discussion at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd love to, especially because I really, I really again, talking, uh, going back earlier to you know, watching a thing that somebody else likes or, or one person defending a thing that nobody else is into. Um, I was not going to watch The Expanse. A friend of mine suggested it, and I was like, yeah, I'll put it on the list, but I wasn't putting it on the list. And then he asked if I had watched it. I said no, and then he asked if I had watched it. I'm like, no, and he kept, like, pushing me, and I'm like, this guy doesn't push me for anything. Damien doesn't push me for to watch or, you know, if he watches or reads something, he might mention it, but he never, like, he doesn't, like, harass me about it. So I finally tried to watch the first episode of The Expanse, and I was like, uh, I fell asleep 10 minutes in. Tried again, fell asleep maybe a little bit further in. And I was thinking, oh, this is just a show about people in space. Like, okay, it is so much more than that. By the time I finally got finished the first episode and watched the second one, by the end of the second one, that's when I was like, okay, all right, I'm game. And then I was hooked. So I really, I had to be convinced very hard to watch The Expanse. And after that, nobody had to convince me. I, I ran out of show to watch, so I went out and I bought the books because the pandemic hit. I thought, well, reading is good for me. I should read the books. And uh, I, uh, I think I, I mentioned it. I put up a Facebook post when I finished Leviathan Falls, basically saying that uh, that when I really love something, I read at a rate of of about a hundred pages an hour. And that's wow. not an exaggeration. That's not hyperbolic. I very rarely hit that pace because I'm rarely so into a thing that I can read that quickly and retain all of it. I had not read at that pace reasonably since Harry Potter. Um, and, and all the problems I have with JK Rowling aside, and trust me, there are a lot of them that I have with her. Um, you know, Harry Potter was a book, uh, was a series that I was able to read that quickly, retain and love. I, so, so it had been about 17 years, uh, since I had, since I had read that. And here I am just, just loving the expanse, uh, more than Harry Potter. So it had been a long time since I had found a book that, or a series that drove me to read at that rate. Um, I had once told my wife that that's, that's the rate I, I sometimes very rarely read at. And she sort of like rolled her eyes like, okay. And I'm like, no, really, I'm not, I'm not trying to brag. This is just, this is just fact. And then as I was reading through the expanse book, she's like, God, you, you finished that one already. I'm like, I told you when I'm, when I'm really going, I'm going, it just happens rarely, but uh, the expanse books did it for me. So I, I did, I had to be convinced. I had to really be like harassed, but uh, well, I'm so glad I did it. Well, we, you, mean like, I, you mean like Mr. Data, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> only, again, again, only when I'm really into a thing. And I can't do it with, like, if I'm doing research, if I'm reading a book that's more homework than it is for pleasure, I can't do that. Um, mm -hmm. If I don't love, love the book, I can't do that. Um, so it's really, like, very, very rare. So um, that was just one more sign to me of how special The Expanse was that I would be reading at that rate. I couldn't stop reading. Um, and, that it, and that I retained it, too, you know? Um, so it's again, very, very rare for me to read that fast. Well, I look forward to watching the show. I don't know if I'll get to the books, but I look forward to watching the show. <laughs>
No, that's, I mean, that's fair. And I also think for those of you out there, I mean, again, I still have to finish watching season six, but, uh, but I suspect that for anybody who watches the show and wants to know how the series quote really ends, I think we'll be able to finish watching the sixth season and then read the two to three final books and, and still be satisfied. I'm not positive on that. It's not like, a, a, a <laughs> it's not a theory that I've tested or anything like that or a hypothesis I've tested rather, but, um, but I suspect that's where we'll, will be but i i think also you're good just watching the series the series again is just terrific yeah i look forward to it me too um my uh, my number three is uh you know this season or just in general uh i, I watched this season but i'll put this up because it came out this year is rick and morty uh, nice very nice i uh, love rick and morty uh it's uh, it does it it does it all it uh, it it's plays with science fiction it plays with fantasy it plays with superheroes it plays with cultural issues it's irreverent it's fun it's adventurous it it goes to actually some serious emotional places occasionally and um even even a bad episode of rick and morty uh, which i i never consider them bad some of them were just not as fun or high concept as others i i still think is a, is a great fun time so if you haven't checked out Rick and Morty, I recommend the whole series. But um, if you haven't yet finished this season or gotten to this season's Rick and Morty, I think I think it it went in a lot of interesting places, and the way this the way this season ended really sets things up for. I'm not sure where they're going next in next season, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, Rick and Morty is something to check out. Cool. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because for the longest time I was avoiding Rick and Morty. I was I I thought oh, there's just another just another dumb gross tv show and uh and i really had no idea it's it's hilarious uh, my wife got me into it so i'm glad you mentioned rick and morty good good pull yes and to, and your defense chris though it is dumb and gross sometimes but they always... <laughs> no, I mean, but it's not just that right like that's that was my dismissal of it and it and it's not just that so i mean one of my favorite you know spoilers i'll just give like this one thing one of my favorite episodes was that they did a they did a spin on on um, hellraiser and uh rick got in trouble with the cenobites and his punishment was that he had to hang out with Jerry and the Cenobites because the Cenobites feed on pain and everything Jerry says is cringeworthy. So <laughs> I, I was like, this is great. <laughs> um, so, uh, Joe, back to you. What's your number two? Well, my number two is finally a comic book. And I think you, Chris can uh, guess what it is. You probably both can guess what it is. It's the, the new Flash book by Jeremy Adams. It's, yeah, it's really no, book. good choice. It's, um, it captures all the fun from the uh, Wade run of the, of the 90s. Uh, it's it's not not uh, nihilistic nihilistic. It's not deconstructive. They're not deconstructing the character. There's no agendas. It's just let's have some fun. It, it feels and reads like a, a Stanley Roy Thomas comic from back in the day. As I said, it's, it's, he's very much channeling uh, Mark Wade's run on the book, which I think is the best run uh, in, in Flash history. So, uh, highly recommend this book. Um, uh, it's uh, he's got you know, he's reunited with his wife and, and two children. I won't tell you how that happened. Although Keith did uh, mention that in our last in our our Wally West episode. So, but still, pick up the book. Uh, if you've never read Wally West, you can start cold and you will love it. And the artwork is very good too, by the way. But the writing is top notch. So that's my uh, number two pick. I'm I'm really glad that you got a Flash book you like. I know how much you you love yeah, Flash, I and um, I know how disappointing it is when you have something. Uh, you know, when you have something like that taken away from you, so I'm re- I'm really glad you've had a flashbook to enjoy, Joe. Yeah, I'm now I'm, re- I'm in the process now of lighting candles for Superman and Batman. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, well, I won't be greedy. One, one book at a time. One book at a time. 
I was going to say, to follow up with Chris, I'm glad, glad you just have a comic book in general that you enjoy <laughs> right now that's new and recent. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris, what's your number two? My number two is my TV show. And uh, and this is actually one of the reasons I picked it is, is not just because of how good it is, but also because it was such a surprise, because this is not something I ever would have found on my own. Uh, and that is Camp Cretaceous. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, I, I think I've mentioned it before, but maybe not. But uh, my my four year old, uh, I had I was browsing through Netflix, um, and he saw something with animated dinosaurs, and he's he wanted to watch that. He wants to watch dinosaurs, and I'm like, uh, fine, whatever. And I'm not a fan of Jurassic World. I saw the first one. I maybe saw this. I don't think I saw the second one. I think I just saw the first one. Love Jurassic Park. Don't love Jurassic World. I just think it's kind of dumb. And I was like, uh, sure, you know what, why not? We're not doing anything right now. Anyway, you want to watch that? Fine. And uh, turned it on. And uh, next thing I knew, I was I was invested. I was watching. And uh, then my wife comes home and uh, Christina likes, <laughs> laughs and says, what are you doing? I'm like, it's actually really good. Um, later that weekend, I'm out playing board games with some friends. I come home and she's watching it. And I just sort of smirk at her. She's like, what? It is really good. And uh, so there were three seasons out. Uh, we were really surprised at, like, the action is fun, but, like, man, the, the cast is terrific. The voice cast is terrific. Um, you know, it's the story is, I think, good. But, like, the character development and their relationships is really compelling. And the, the characters are really fleshed out, which I appreciate. And the fourth season was coming out uh, this, this year. And, um, man, it was, it was a little more real than I had signed up for. Uh, it was it was a tough watch because there's some um, spoiler alert. So for anybody who's interested or watching, just just know uh, there's a little bit of like dinosaur cruelty that happens in the fourth season. And I don't know just how kid friendly I would call the fourth season. Uh, Eli mostly enjoyed it for the dinosaurs, but I think he just didn't understand some of the, the dinosaur abuse that happens. But with that said, it's worth noting that I also I like my shows and my stories to have some sort of relevance to our real world. Cause I think that's the joy of stories, right? Sometimes it's really great for it to be escapism. And other times I like when you take um, a real world problem and you look at it through the lens. So one of the things I love about how to train your dragon Two, for instance, um, is basically, you know, they say that, uh, that, that bad people make good dragons do bad things. And that really resonated with me because pitbulls, Right. Like, mm. you know, bad people make good dogs do bad things. So when people say no pit bulls, no Rottweilers, like you don't, you don't understand. It's it's people who who do this, who have the capacity for that cruelty. And it's it's really hard to watch. You know, we want to look away, but it's important. And so that's, um, you know, we really get into exploitation in this fourth season of Camp Cretaceous, which, again, it gets heavy. It gets a little real, but. Um, man, if it's not just a great, great series. And by the time you get to the end of the episode, the end of the series, the end of the season, rather, um, the end of season four, I was dying for season five right off the bat because they introduce uh, they introduce a new dino, which I was like, I was thrilled to see it finally introduced to the show. And, uh, <clears throat> and then they have a, a twist that I absolutely was not expecting at all and, and was character based and, um, and feels very real rather than just sprung. So I just my number two. It's my television show for 2021 is is Camp Cretaceous on Netflix. Great. Yeah, be sure to check it out. Yeah, I'll give it a give it a shot. Yeah, definitely. Um, my number two, and uh, you know, I, I owe Chris this is uh, is Kim's Convenience, 
Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, my number is Kim Civilians. I really enjoyed it. Um, I spoke a lot about this on our Shang-Chi episode um, with, uh, you know, Simu Liu. And, uh, oh, my God. What the dad's name again, Chris? I can't believe I keep forgetting this man's name. Hard. No, no, that, no. I I did the same thing. It's it's Paul Lee, but I can't remember. Paul Lee, yeah, Paul Lee, and it's, and everybody it, else in the show. It's, sorry, it's Paul Paul Sun Young Lee. Paul Sun Young Lee. I, I I mean, every character is good in the show. The two of them, I think, take the show. Um, Paul Sun Young Lee might steal the show. I feel in many regards. <laughs> Because um, I think I think Appa is like one of my favorite characters. Oh, he's a joy. He is. He's an absolute joy. Yeah, you think he's gonna be like he's not this stereotypical, you know, Asian Asian character. He's got so much range and and comedy and breath and and um, depth of emotion to him. Uh, so I just I just just watch the series. It's great. It's it's got comedy. It's got heart. It, it touches on some some social issues that are important. And I, I just I can't recommend it enough. I think I think if you watch it I, th- I think you'll find something to like in the show in general so uh kim's convenience is my number two for the year and my recommendation for all of you to watch if you haven't already love the pick love it so thank you Chris. thank you for exposing me to it um joe is it we're number one right yep as usual i have a one and one a you know I just, okay i'll start with my one a my one a has nothing to do with uh, popular culture it has something to do with um my family and that's my new grandniece lily who was five months old uh, last week so I've got two grandnieces now. Elizabeth is four, and she has a little sister named Lily. Lily. That's outstanding. Right? I, you know, I haven't seen the baby yet. It uh, doesn't look like I'm going down there for Christmas this year. So um, I have to, have to wait until um, uh, Easter when Frank will be up with the family. But uh, there's been FaceTime. So uh, she's adorable. Uh, just like her sister, she has no hair <laughs> when she was born. And uh, <laughs> she's a little porker, too. Oh, wow. So I, I just can't wait to just hold her in my arms. So uh, Lily, my little Lily, my, my, my new grandniece. That's terrific. Congratulations, Joe. Thank, that's, thank I know we've talked about it off air, but that's that's great. Congratulations. Thank you. And, and number one, of course, is this podcast. How could it not be? Um, I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get. You know, I'm going to get into like I did Thanksgiving. If people want to hear about that, they can listen to our Thanksgiving episode. All I want to just say is thank you, James, and thank you, Chris, for this for making this possible, for, for inviting me to be part of it. It's been wonderful. It's like a magic carpet ride. And I'm enjoying every minute of it. And I look forward to future guests. And I'm grateful for the guests we've had in the past. And um, it's the highlight of my week. So, I, uh, you know, you guys gave me something really, really cool for the, for this past year. Uh, thank you very much. Thank uh, you, Joe. That's really yeah. nice. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Joe. And, uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, when I envisioned doing the podcast, and I, we've spoken out of other episodes, if we spoke about the Thanksgiving episode, so I won't belabor the point, but um, I, I, I couldn't imagine doing it without like the two of you or having the two. There was the dynamic I thought in my head, and I'm, I'm glad. Like it was like it was like the you know the universe saying this is this is the format, and these are the guys, <laughs> and I was like I'm glad it it it's been beyond my expectations. So I'm just so thank you very much, Joe. Oh, you're welcome. Both of you, both welcome. Uh, Chris, you're you're number one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I echo, I, I didn't want to belabor the point because I talked about it at Christmas, I think I talked about it at Thanksgiving. Um, and I will continue to talk about how much I, I value the both of you and this, this podcast has been, has been really, really great. Um, but especially, you know, the, the kinship I feel with, with both of you reconnecting. So James, thank you for that. And Joe, always for your, just your gracious nature and everything. So You're thank welcome, you, Chris. Um, my number one, 
uh, is I, I went to my my games because that's that's the thing we've talked about it uh, on the podcast a couple of times. Now we've talked about games and we haven't really dug into it too much. We've got plans, but we just haven't gotten there yet. Um, but for me, uh, I'm going to I've really become a board game player more than a card player like I was uh, when I was working at Mint. Um, and when I was visiting Mint. So now uh, for 2021, my number one is the board game called Oath, uh, Chronicles of Empire and Exile. And I just really dig the hell out of this game. I think it's a lot of fun. I One of the reasons I like it as much as I do is because I've, I've talked a lot, including in this episode, about how much I, how much I value stories and storytelling. Um, and I think that's just a combination of things. I think that's why I got into, you know, really got into comic books. And I think that's why I got into theater and why I, why I love theater so much and why I love, I just, I think storytelling is, is a great way to connect with other people. And Oath, that's what Oath is all about. Um, you can't play a game of Oath without, without having some sort of story. So basically um, each game that we play is a, a generation struggling for power. And, uh, and, and it's, it's asymmetrical. So there are going to be times things don't break your way. You may have a great plan and they don't break your way and you don't win. And so it's the kind of game that you play. Yeah. You're, you're playing to win, but you have to be okay with losing too. Cause sometimes things just don't break your way. Sometimes you have to be okay with being the king maker instead of the king. Um, and then after you're done, the game changes in preparation for the next game. So, um, legacy games, like uh, Legacy, everybody, almost everybody's familiar with Risk. Uh, the board changes after each game and does so permanently. Oath doesn't quite do it permanently, so it's not a Legacy game. You don't need the same group of people playing Oath. Um, but at the end, the winner, the victor, writes writes a little chronicle of their their victory, and um, you just create a history for this world. and And there's more to it, but um, but it's just something that I hadn't seen done in games before. And uh, it was something that I really appreciated as somebody who's trying to develop my own board games, as somebody who is always looking for um, new mechanics uh, in board games to see, you know, what works, what doesn't, what's interesting, what isn't. Um, so my number one for the year was my my board, the board game that I, that I, leader games put out and that I backed on Kickstarter that I was very much looking forward to. And that is Oath Chronicles of Empire and Exile. Sounds good, Chris. Yeah, very nice, Chris. Very nice. Um, I know at some point, I, I, I mean, I think it'd be interesting. I know we've talked about offline of, of talking about games and gaming a, a little bit on this podcast. I mean, I know we eventually want to have a, a big, larger talk about the other, about magic and Pokemon at the store. Mm-hmm. But I think some board games are, are good too. I mean, I, I, I listening to you talk offline and, uh, Karen's listening to some of them, like it's, it's, uh, they're very interesting. And I also love the whole philosophy you have on diverse different what a game is and what a game isn't so i think sometime in the future a, a longer discussion discussion is worth having about it um, i'm always up for it but that's again this is you know this is part of the the company we keep too right like i've i've learned there are certain certain activities that i might part in which i might partake like fantasy football where i know certain people through the league and it's good knowing them through the league i'm not interested in you know going out to get a drink with them or get to know them any better. Like that's the capacity in which I'm happy to know them. Uh, the same is true of some board games. There are some games that I play with people and I'm like, I like playing this game with this person, but I don't feel the need to like be their friend. I don't, I'm not looking for friendship. Like just being an acquaintance is enough. And, and I felt the same way through theater and through work. Um, you know, so, so it would be very easy for me to be on a podcast and, um, 
and just this podcast is about comics. And I like talking to both of you about comics, but I don't feel the need to, to take our relationship beyond that. We're, we're acquaintances and we talk about the things we talk about. Um, and that's that's part of, again, what I value about both of you, the podcast too, but about both of you is that one of the reasons I enjoy doing the podcast as much as I do is because whatever you, either of you, James or Joe, whatever either of you suggest, I'm game for. If, if anybody else asked me to like sit down and talk about Westerns, I'd say, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> but there's never any consideration of that when it's Joe saying, yeah, let's let's talk Westerns. I'd like to do that. There's never me going like, ah, I don't know. I don't know a lot about that. It's like, no, it's of course I, I want to have because because it's about the people and not the topic. It's about Joe and James, not just about, right. um, you know, a, a, a podcast. So um, so I'm up for talking about anything. But I think that's more a reflection of the relationship I have with each of you, the love that I have for each of you uh, more than anything else. So, yeah, oh, well, I appreciate Chris, that. Thank you. Thank um, my uh, my my number one is going to be I have I have an A and a B, um, and it's going to be Ted Lasso and Schitt's Creek. <laughs> oh, I, I so no, haven't seen Creek. Ted, Ted Lasso yet, but Schitt's Creek is so good, and we also it's, discovered that this year. Yeah, it. it's uh, it's a great show. I, I chose them really because um, I mean I chose them because they're great shows. Number one, very funny, heartfelt. Also, they're not just outright comedies; they have something to say. Um, Ted Lasso, uh, especially positivity, but it's just Greek is positivity too. Um, and it's something, you know, it's, you know, we only have so much time during our day and, and, you know, and watching series, Karen and I usually don't watch that many series. So these are two series we watched together. So I also really enjoyed it for that. It was, it was two shows. We both love comedy and th- the comedy in this shows and the message of these shows hit with, hit with both of us. And uh, I, I think, you know, I think if you, I think there's something in there for everybody. I know people's not everyone is into comedy, and uh, I think these shows have something for everyone, even if you're not like a diehard um, comedy fan. And Ted Lasso, if you don't like soccer, you don't like sports, you still get a lot out of the show. So that that is my my number one A and one B pick uh, for 2021. Cool. Um, Ted Lasso, I like it. it Good choice. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Is um, anyone have any? I have, I have like one or two honorable mentions. Joe, you know, do you have any honorable do. mentions? Yeah, I always do. <laughs> um, some TV shows. Um, first, the uh, Superman and Lois, an excellent live action adaptation of Superman. I'm looking forward to season two, which I be, think begins around the, the last week of January of uh, next year. But it's very well done. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it belongs on the CW, and it's you can see season one right now on on HBO. Max, and I, I highly recommend it. It's, uh, it's very good. Um, there was a really great season of Blue Bloods, and season 12, which is good, right now, uh, is uh, still very good. It's the only procedural I'll watch uh, because it's more about family than about, you know, uh, hunting down the bad guys. So I um, highly recommend uh, Blue Bloods. Uh, uh, Tom Selleck, uh, is, you know, he's going to be known for two great roles, uh, Magnum P.I. And, and Commissioner Frank Reagan. So excellent show. And um, another show I discovered this year, The Neighborhood with Cedric the Entertainer. That's a very funny show. I, I just, I've gone through all the, uh, they're in season four now, but the first three seasons this past summer. And I, I recommend that show too. So, uh, and the last thing is a comic book thing, of course. And that's rereading all the 90s legacy characters. Wally, Flash, Kyle Green Lantern, Dick Nightwing, and Connor Green Arrow. Uh, excellent books, excellent artwork, excellent stories. Topical for their time and, and yet and still relevant for today. 
So if you can get a hold of the uh, trades of these characters from the 90s, highly recommend it. So those are my honorable mentions. Excellent. Thank you very much, Joe. Very nice. You're welcome. Yeah, those are those are great, and yes, I the, I've I've recently reread some Nightwing from that time, and it's it still holds up. Still, yeah. you know, that's still that's the Dick Grayson I remember and the costume I remember. So, um, Chris, you have, yeah. <laughs> well, I will just say Jack Jack sent me something off off air, like you know, in a message, like they they highlighted like the top seven Nightwing costumes of all time, and like three of them were his various variations of his disco outfit. I'm like, I don't right. know about this outfit. Oh, yeah. but, the one with the collar. Uh, the one with the collar, yeah, the collar, and the various forms of the collar or the gold, and I was like, I think I, I'm always the the blue and the black is what works for me. So, yeah. Booster Gold started out with a collar too, and a cape actually in his very first appearance. So, uh, thank God they got rid of both of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, collars don't work. No, no, no. Um, Chris, you have any honorable mentions you want to add to? Um, yeah, yeah, I got a couple of honorable mentions. Um, I'll mention Wandavision. Yeah, the reason I mentioned WandaVision specifically is is just because um, I was not going to watch. I wasn't particularly interested. I didn't think it would be, again, this is how I feel about MCU in general. I never think a thing is going to be bad that they're doing. I trust them at this point. They've proven it time and again that they know what they're doing. So I didn't think it was going to be bad. I just wasn't interested. And then uh, I think in talking to you, James, and in talking to a couple of other people, I'm like, you know what? I'm not watching anything else anyway, so... So what the heck, I'll, I'll give it a watch. And um, and I was very pleasantly surprised at how invested I was. And so then I started watching the MCU shows, which, again, I really hadn't planned on doing. So I will definitely say uh, WandaVision is, is one uh, honorable mention, I'd say. Um, another honorable mention is called Planet Unknown. It's a board game. Uh, uses polyomino pieces, which is not normally... The game type that I would enjoy, it's normally a thing that I would play just to be familiar with the title. But it turned out I loved the game. Really, really loved it. And I won a free copy of it. So I, that was like cool. one, of the free, one of the few games that I played that I'm like, I really want a copy of this. I wrote about it on, um, I have a, a gaming, a board gaming blog. And uh, I wrote about the gaming convention I went to, the small one here in St. Louis. And I won a copy of the game. And I was like, that was one that I wanted. So um, so Planet Unknown as a board game is, is a lot of fun. Really surprised that I enjoyed that. Um, I will say that I, that I did a lot of reading this year, um, and a lot of it was for pleasure, and a lot of it is sort of for work. Um, so some of it I, I consider homework. And I will say, uh, because we mentioned it in a, in a, we do mention it, I think, in a future episode, we mention um, how Watchmen, really, the TV show, um, really made, raised awareness of Greenwood and the, the Tulsa burning. And um, so there's a book called The Burning, the Tulsa... The Tulsa Race Massacre of, of nineteen of nineteen twenty one. It's by Tim Madigan, and so that for me was uh, was really eye opening and, and heartbreaking. Short, but but really interesting. So that was definitely um, a runner up for me. And again, I, I have a really extensive book list for this year, but a lot of it is like is really really heavy. So I sort of tried to stay away from some of the more heavier stuff. Um, and then I guess comic wise, um, I would have to say that I that I. Um, I did. I had like I had like two more sort of runners up because I'm trying to think of what I've I've mentioned TV. Did I mention TV series? I did. I didn't mention movies. Oh, a movie. There was a an interesting. I'm not gonna remember the name of it, but um, there was an interesting documentary uh, that that Val Kilmer made about himself. And I was talking to you about it the other day, James. And I I think it's worth watching. 
I think it's on Amazon Prime. I think I should be called Val, but uh, but it was really it's worth it. It's worth reading, or uh, excuse me, worth watching. And then finally, for a runner-up comic book, I'd say uh, N.K. Jemisin's um, Far Sector. Really, really terrific. Really yeah, I got to get to that. So that's there. You go. So I ended up with ten after all. Yeah, see? <laughs> not that hard. <laughs> no, not that hard. It's it, that was that's a good list, Chris. Excellent. Um, for some of my honorable mentions, Chris Chris sniped it off the bat. It was uh, Shaun Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, we, we did a whole episode of it, so I don't know if I can add anything to that hasn't already been said. But uh, that that would just watch a, it. <laughs> watch it if you haven't. Um, rewatch it if you have. Um, I it's surprising as much as I love them. Um, I never watched this movie growing up, and I watched it this year for Halloween. Son of Frankenstein. The original. Oh, wow! Sure. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool! Yeah. Excellent movie. Great follow. Uh, it, it's 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 just I think as as good as Bride and the original Frankenstein. So um, okay. cool. great story. Um, Be Water, my friend, by Shannon Lee, which is a, a book about Bruce Lee's philosophy and how it how to use it in life, as told by stories of his daughter Shannon Lee. Uh, excellent, excellent book. I think it's uh, it's great for Bruce Lee fans, but it's also just a great philosophical book and it's also a great look at bruce lee as as a person she really she she honors her father and loves her father but she doesn't just portray him as the cool collected hollywood cool martial artist that that is portrayed on screen he had some real moments and real struggles and dealt with emotions and issues that everybody deals with so i I think that that was a great book i read this year um Invincible, the TV series on Amazon. I, I love the comic. I think the first season was was really well done. So I'm hoping they continue in that vein. Uh, Robert Kirkman's involved, and the animation is great. So I, I have high hopes for that. And uh, and my last like uh, thing thing for 2021 is I I don't I only collect or get these every so often if I really love it and I really love the character. But McFarlane started doing action figures based upon the DC universe recently, and the oh, nice. John Stewart they did. I, I got a parent got that for me for my birthday. It, it's awesome. It's really, it's just great. It looks, it's, check that out. it's an action figure, but it looks like a statue. He, he's very, uh, he looks just like he has out of the pages of the current comic run. He comes with a, uh, a ring sort of generated like a machine gun for his military back military background. He comes with like a, an army pack that you can put on the character. It's just really great likeness, really cool. Um, they did a little flare with the Green Lantern work on his chest and stuff, but it, it doesn't take away or like go against the design of the character in the comic. So um, if you have an opportunity and you like collectibles like that, it's it's just a great piece for a great character. And, Very um, nice. Yeah. So that's uh, that is uh, that is my list. I think that's all of our lists, right? Uh, right, everybody. Yep. I believe so. If if not, it ought to be because we're we're running into double time here. <laughs> yeah, this is a long, long episode. I, I don't know if it's as well. A Christmas episode might be a little bit longer. We'll probably be coming out the same way. But um, yeah. What well, I, I hope at this point you've enjoyed the episode. Right. You're still listening to us at this point, <laughs> rambling on. You're you're still uh, you're enjoying us, and we appreciate it. Um, so uh, once again, uh, you know, thank you to Joe. Uh, oh, guys, it's always a pleasure. It's been a great uh, back half of this year. With the with the, uh, with the podcast, looking forward to next year. Absolutely, and Chris, thank you as well. I'm I'm with Joe. Same, like great, great back uh, back half of this year, and really looking forward to 2022. There's there's a lot of exciting stuff on the horizon mm-hmm. uh, that that I'm, you know I'm excited to keep recording with both you and and with our our wonderful guests out there and our, our wonderful listeners. Thank you for sticking with us. 
Yes, I appreciate all all of the listeners, uh, all the the comments, the 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 love that we've gotten so far for the podcast has been amazing. I'm really happy people are enjoying it, and we're rebuilding the Mint community. And uh, I will I will say if you if you know for as a Christmas gift or an end of the year gift, we would just ask if you could have take the time to to review and rate the podcast because that does does help, as I understand, get us more views. Um, in iTunes or in podcasts for people to check us out. Um, even more important than that, if you have somebody you know who was a, um, you know, a customer of Mint or loved Mint and they don't know about the podcast, please just share it with them. Uh, that'd be great. If you know someone who's just into what we're talking about and you think the podcast might be a good fit for them, then uh, we would really appreciate the, you reaching out to them and letting them know about the podcast. Um, other than that, please continue to post and enjoy the conversation on the Facebook page. Uh, the Instagram is growing too. We, we Joe has lots of comics in his collection, and we try to post them along <laughs> with other interesting things. So uh, that's at um, Secret Origins MC on Instagram, and that's also uh, Secret Origins MC is the Gmail account. And uh, from all three of us, we wish you a very happy and healthy New Year. Uh, 2022 is going to bring great things to the podcast and hopefully to all your lives. And we will talk to you soon. 